Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your Micropolitan Matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized Micropolitan region. What up? It's Thursday. What's up, Sam? We're back. We are back in these streets and in your earphones. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to come back after this hiatus for the holidays and, you know, with our office opening, we've had a lot going on. But I think what was so awesome for the last about eight weeks or so since we've kind of taken a hiatus from this was hearing all of the feedback and all of the people reaching out saying, we miss your podcast. So it was so nice to hear that you guys actually, you know, connect with it and you want us to record more. So that's great. I, I totally agree. And it was awesome. At first we agreed or decided that we were going to take a little hiatus for the holiday just to give ourselves a break. And then we're actually going to dive kind of into this episode, all the things that we've been doing and focusing on since then. But um, what was really exciting also is that we took an extra month and change um, because we opened an office space for the matchmaking business, which was kind of a an exciting um not spur of the moment, but it, it the opportunity came and we seized it. So we really put all of our effort in that and business is going so well and we're learning so many things. Totally. It's so fun. And if you haven't seen pictures of our office, definitely check us out on Instagram at yes. micromatchmakers so that you can see the beautiful renovation work that we have done with the help of our handyman cowboy Ken, but we designed it. So I'm very proud of us and I love it. It's uh, so great. Agreed. Well, and so we are going to talk about like kind of observations slash lessons learned from matchmaking as our business has really grown and thrived over the last, um, I mean, couple months, but really we're like starting to explode in the last like couple weeks. However, um, first I have a silly heart take. Let's hear it. Can't wait. It's it's really silly. And you know what? It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but for a date night, especially kind of early on, like I think this would be a good date for like a third or fourth once you've already kind of like know each other a little bit you don't necessarily have to do something where you're talking the entire time but i just think that like a scary or a gory or like if that's not your bag like an action movie but i i'm leaning into the horror genre because it's one of my favorites it's such a fun date like the jump scares, you lean into someone, it gets the endorphins going, like, it's just, it, like, activates the protector in some people, and they want to, like, put uh-huh. their arm on you, I don't know, I just think yeah. there's something, like, a little sassy, a little sexy about a horror movie. A little flirty, I think it's fun, and especially if, you, if you're trying to break the ice with the physical stuff, I feel like that is the perfect anecdote to that. Also, I feel like even kind of a little bit later, maybe on more dates going forward, a Netflix and chill night with a horror movie. Now that oh, yeah. is the recipe right there. That'll get you a make out. Easy. <laughs> easy peasy. Done. Hundy P. The warning that I have with this though, that um, people who know me well, my parents in particular will share about me specifically. So if you're as much of a weirdo creep as I am, be a little careful because sometimes I laugh at horror movies and I will give this example because Gabby and I were just talking about this before we pushed record. Um, 
not that this was horror. I think it was supposed to be funny, but I saw Cocaine Bear with the man that I am seeing uh, right now last night. And that movie was wild and it was so gory. And I, I couldn't stop laughing at certain parts and like, <laughs> People are getting maimed by this bear. And I thought it was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. So, so unless you're with is what you're trying to yes, say. Yes. Like make sure you're with, if you're a weirdo, just make sure you're with someone who is equally, or maybe it's a good test of if you're the same kind of weird. So, yeah, you know, just beware of that potential element there. But um, yeah, I don't know if I would say I recommend that movie because it was absolutely ridiculous, but I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> definitely one for the generation you know oh, it's it like sure is. it'll go down in history and you'll be able to tell people far from now that you were in the theaters watching that i do think it'll be a cult classic kind of like sharknado became like such a phenomena it feels like it'll be something like that right like snakes on a plane or something exactly like yeah yeah <laughs> that's so funny i love it so i'm super pumped for this episode that's a perfect way to jump in here I know. So Gabby, we now we've been matchmaking actively since July. And I know we've talked about that on the podcast for a while. However, um, we've really seen a lot of new clients and we've been planning a lot of dates. We've been making a lot of matches. What Mm -hmm. is something that you feel like you've, you've really, I I don't want to say necessarily learned, but yeah, maybe like learned, observed, like in terms of, you know, we're talking to clients from all different demographics um, what's something that you've really taken away in the last couple of weeks? So I think one of the biggest things for me, especially as a woman who dates men, um, has been our conversations with our clients that are men and what they're looking for, especially, you know, some of the things that happen on the first couple of dates, like what to them makes them want to move forward versus maybe redirect. Mm. Um, and I think that is the spark. So, so many men who have come to us, they are so focused on the idea of this spark, which is, you know, that instant, immediate chemistry, sexual attraction. Um, You know, you feel like this could be my person, like right off the bat. And Becky especially has been really good at helping coach our clients through the fact that that spark is so sure that might happen here and there. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this is a potential long-term match for you. Um, I really want people to start shifting their mindset and realize that you don't have to know on the first date, the second date, the third date, if this is your husband or wife. If you are enjoying your time with this person and you kind of take it day by day, go on a date and say, would I like to spend more time with them? And you go on another date and you kind of take it that way that spark idea will hopefully kind of fade away because it can be really misleading. And sometimes that spark just isn't there. Like that's something in the movies and the books that make things really fun and exciting. And if you are connecting with this person, um, with your values, with your personalities, you enjoy spending time with them. I want, I want our clients and I want people listening to this to kind of give people a little bit of relay and that spark might develop over time. Yeah. And I think like that, the whole idea of giving things time, really is super, super important. And it's almost like a, it's a blessing and a curse of, of coming to a matchmaker, at least a matchmaker, uh, matchmakers that are structured the way that we are. So we are, um, we've been saying date-based, but people get confused by that. We're, we're match-based. So people can purchase packages with us that are, they get set up with two matches. Um, 
they get set up with five matches, they get set up with 10 matches. It's not like um, we've been saying two dates and some people have misconstrued that as like, if they go on two dates with the same person, then that's it. Um, but the, the thing we really hone in on is that we're not time-based so we can give people a lot of time to explore. And I think sometimes clients who are investing in this process because they are investing money in it, they want to see like that immediate thing instead of like really taking their time and letting that not only the financial investment, but letting that time investment, that energy investment with one person potentially grow. I, I know we've had really great feedback in terms of everyone that we've set up so far saying like, I understand why you set me up on a date with that person. Um, it doesn't always lead to a romantic connection. And that's kind of that, you know, some people are, are kind of coachable in that front and will give it two or three dates to explore a little bit more. And others, I think, still have not wrapped their mind around, you know, I, I want this to happen <laughs> right now and I want to feel it immediately. But it's true. I think like sparks die, right? Sparks go out. Sparks don't always catch sometimes you have to stoke the fire. And that is the analogy that I always use. You have to give it room to breathe. You have to give it some oxygen. And some of that, you know, Gabby and I have really discovered, I think um, one of the lessons that I've taken away is that context um, and environment can be really important. And so, you know, some of our clients who might be a little bit busier and whose schedules are a little more challenging, it might be worth it to wait an extra week when they are available for an evening date where they can go somewhere a little bit more romantic, like dark, quiet rooms or activities that, you know, kind of, we were talking about um, the endorphins of scary movies, like activities that kind of engage some endorphins. I think if you can, rather than rush to get people on a date, I think I've noticed, I think we have some more success when we take our time and really set up the right activity and put people in the right environment in which they can be not only comfortable in themselves, but an environment that does kind of lent itself to romance. I think that is, it's almost as important as the person sitting across the table from you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So what is one of the things that you've learned over the last six months or so with matchmaking, Becky? I, this might be a controversial opinion. Um, Ooh, and I might be letting certain people off the hook. And I, I've said this to an extent before, but um, I do think that men seeking women have it a little bit harder than we sometimes give them credit for. And I know we see a lot of things online, um, a lot of women being mistreated. And I do think there are bad characters out there. I think there are bad characters on both sides. Right. Um, absolutely. I think there are women who ghost. I think there are men who ghost. I think there are men and women who are dating multiple people, but misleading their partners about that. Like I know that that behavior exists um, across all spectrums. I do think that there is this large segment of dating men who are so afraid to be creepy, who are so afraid mm. to make a wrong move, to make a woman uncomfortable, um, that they get really, really in their heads and don't make a move and don't come across mm. as confident. And unfortunately, like women, rather than being impressed by the fact that this man doesn't want to be a creep, if he's and you should always be respectful. So I, respectful is not the word I want to, I want to use in that situation. But like, if a man is a little bit too afraid to maybe make a physical move or a physical gesture to touch someone on the arm and see what that reaction is to put their arm around someone, I, I do think that it's a turnoff for women. And there's this really interesting dance here um, that is hurting everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead of talking about it and kind of giving people feedback, um, 
the women, I think everybody just assumes that the other side knows. And instead of talking about what we're actually looking for, or like giving some context clues to behaviors that might be attractive, we sort of just write people off very quickly. And I think, um, I think some men who are really, really great matches get written off quickly because, um, because they're a little bit afraid to make that move. And so something I've learned is really honing in with men on confidence and trying to give them some ideas on how they can invest a little bit of what they might feel like is risky, like like a touch on the arm or even the small of a back or something like that. Um, and even, even before physical touch, like some gestures we just sort of forget about, like opening a door, opening a car door for someone, um, pulling out a chair, helping a woman with her coat, like all of that is very sexy and can be come across as very confident without you even having to break necessarily a super physical barrier. Um, but that's my long winded answer of, I, I do think there's challenges for both sides, but one of the things I feel like I see so consistently is this group of, of, of men. And it's, it's a, a lot of them that just really want to be successful in this and want to find someone, um, but who kind of get in their own head and, and can get in their own way on a date. Totally. The book that you and I always bring up, Make Your Move, has mm -hmm. a chapter dedicated to that. And it focuses specifically on Gen Z and millennial men who have kind of grown up in this digital media environment and through like Me Too movements and how yeah. this has become an interesting middle ground as to like people, men aren't sure what they can do, what they can't do. And it's kind of to the point where we have to have a conversation about it and yeah. um, it can be awkward, but I definitely see that as being an interfering thing in totally. dating. And like, don't get me wrong. Consent is sexy. Like I, I think, and some women might disagree with me. I've heard multiple sides to this story too, but like, if you want to kiss someone, I think there are really cute ways that you can ask permission to break that barrier with someone. Like, I'd really yeah. love to kiss you right now. And they'll tell you. And yeah, is that vulnerable? And is that a risk? Absolutely. But so is dating, right? No risk, no reward when it comes to that. So I do think there are ways and that's, it's starting to become almost like a personal mission of mine to like find these men and give them what they need to break through some of that and really believe in themselves and what they bring to the table. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I, I know that there are probably women out there like screaming at their headphones going like who've been treated really poorly by men. I know, I know that that exists, but I do think there's a lot of really hidden gems out there in, in the dating pool. Yeah. I would say another thing that I have not necessarily learned. It's like something I always knew, but it, it's so evident now that we're actually having experience with this is how beneficial it is to go from not texting, never meeting each other mm. to a date rather than spending weeks texting each other over an app or um, just, you know, exchanging yeah. numbers and calling or texting. I feel like that ruined. It, it definitely decreases the chance of your expectations not being reached. For I sure. think what has been so valuable in our dates is that we plan our dates and they're blind dates. We don't exchange photos. No numbers are exchanged until the day before just for emergency yeah. purposes. And so people are kind of just like walking into the state with limited expectations. Like, oh, this is probably someone because, you know, I trust Becky and Gabby. This is someone I definitely will probably connect to. And I'm just going to show up and see how it goes. Rather than all of these people spending all of this time 
for weeks on end, getting to know someone via text, and it turns out they are just not that person in person, in real life. So that is to say, if you're not using our matchmaking services and you are kind of out there in the wild and using dating apps, if you connect with someone, like over the first couple of messages- Go on a date. Plan a date. Like this actually happened to me recently. Like we exchanged probably five or 10 messages. And then I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And we went to brunch and from there. So if I had spent a week or two weeks like texting this person, trying to get to know them and met them in person, I might have a totally different perception of who they were and how they presented themselves. Absolutely. A thousand percent. I think they're, and, and you kind of, that's a a way to gauge investment right away too. And, you know, I think we've almost done the opposite in the sense that like people think that if I get to know them longer and I can, you know, we message for a couple months, then I'm going to make this determination whether or not it's worth my time to, to go on a date with this person. But honestly, my feeling on it, and I, I think I've seen this not only in my own life, but as we talk to clients and um, talk to other people in the dating pool, it actually is way less energy to spend an hour. And, it, and some, if it's really bad, then you know leave before that. But it's way less energy to spend one hour meeting someone for coffee or for a drink or even for a walk than it is to message that person for weeks. Like when you actually look at the, the time spent on these things and the energy and the anticipation, like all of that, um, I think it's it's actually way more streamlined um, and way better to to just set up the date and meet and understand one way or another that way too. So I think part of like I hear from so many clients a lot is just like, oh, well, I, I don't know if they're worth it. Like, I don't know if this is worth my time. I'm like, well, is it worth your time to be, you know, spending sometimes like 30 to 40 minutes a day between all of the communication back Easily. and forth yeah. a couple of weeks. You know, I think that, that that's a time investment that you can't get back. And also too, going off of that, when you meet someone in real life, it kind of makes you more human, right? People kind Absolutely. of have more respect for people that they've actually met in person and can develop a connection. Whereas if you're texting, you're kind of just like a number out in a black hole, right? So, so many people get so frustrated. I texted this person for two weeks, three weeks, and they ghosted me because you're not, I mean, they, they might not have handled it the right way, but to them, you're kind of just Agreed. this other app thing or, you know, just like this other thing to distract them on their phone. So if you, you're, you're, the chances of you being ghosted decrease significantly when you actually meet the person. And certainly it does happen, but I agree with that completely. And, you know, you never know what's going on with someone. They could be in the time they're talking to you, going on dates with someone else that they then decide to move forward with. And, you know, that still doesn't give someone the excuse to like completely drop off the face of the earth. I still don't think that that's okay. But, you know, if you've never met someone in person, even a lot of like dating and relationship people I follow on Instagram are like, you can't really be offended if they, it's not really ghosting if you haven't met in person. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I kind of subscribe to that and it, it happens a ton. And is it sort of rude? It, yeah. But I think we're all, we're, you know, everybody's out here trying to figure it out. And sometimes it is, it's like that level of investment. If, you, if there hasn't been that in-person time investment to, to meet someone and connect, I can understand why some people don't follow up in that right. way. You're just another thing on the to-do list on their phone. Yeah. So, and I so do get and making the date too, one other piece, I think it does actually, I mean, this is another way of reiterating what we've kind of already said, but it does give you a chance to gauge someone's investment in the dating process because there are a ton of people out there. And I do think that there are more men than women that do this. 
so to hate on the men a little bit since I gave everybody a break um, <laughs> earlier in the episode, but I, I, I have just noticed, um, you know, anecdotally from what I hear, but there are a lot of people who are on these apps for an ego stroke. They might be in a relationship. They might have no interest in being in a committed relationship. And, you know, these apps are designed to give you a dopamine hit, whether it's when you get the ding that you have a match or a ding that you have a message that activates the same part of your brain as drugs, right? Yeah. Like, as chemical substances. And so these apps are designed to like give you that hit. And some people that hit is enough and they're not actually looking for the commitment of an in-person thing. And so there are people where you'll give them one, two, three attempts to set up a time in person with you. And eventually, you know, like if that's not working after a couple of attempts and they're making no effort to actually see you cut it off because you know what they're invested in, in this process. Totally. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In the past, when I was far less developed and nice, um, I would just use apps for kind of like attention or exploring yes. things. And I really had no intention of meeting these men in real life. It was kind of just like, oh, I'm home alone, bored on a Friday night. Here's this cute guy that is going to be texting me all night. Like, sure, I'll deal with That's it. Fine. Yeah. So, so definitely be aware of that if you are serious about dating. I think, um, I think this was a really great episode. And Becky and I are going away for the weekend, not together separately, but we are so excited for a nice relaxing weekend after all the craziness that the last yes. month has been. All the craziness, but amazingness too at the same time. And um, one thing to note too, since we're back, um, we are moving to um, every other week versus weekly, at least for the time being, because we got a lot of clients to take care of, but we're so excited to be back on the airwaves and in your ears about all of the things. And so you can expect episodes every other Thursday. We're going to do once a month, um, just Gabby and I, and once a month, we're going to bring a guest on. We actually have already recorded our next episode, and we're so excited to bring on Kristen, who is our very first employee of Micropolitan Matchmakers. So in two weeks, yes. you will get a taste of uh, getting to know Kristen, which will be super fun. And other than that, follow us on at Micromatchmakers on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. You can follow us personally. And that is that for this week. We'll see you in two weeks, everyone. See you. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks, everybody. Bye.